You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are. Too foreign for home. Too foreign for here. Never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo. Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR program produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Diaspora Blues also airs on Tuesdays at 3.30pm on Radio Skid Row, a community radio station in Sydney. My name is Ayan Shirwa. Our guest this week is Ez Deng. Ez is a director, a writer and a video artist photographer. He's also been grinding for years, producing work that captures the fullness of the South Sudanese experience in Australia. We open our conversation with Ez introducing himself. Uh, well, uh, my name is Ezeldin Deng. I'm from South Sudan. I came to Australia in 2004. Um, and in 2005, I found my passion in film. And now I just kind of call myself as an artist because I can paint um, a picture with a thousand words. So what drew you to film? Uh, it was curiosity. When I was a little kid, uh, we didn't have any TV or electricity, even radio or anything like that. But my auntie son, who is older than me, uh, took me to uh, a neighbor house who had a TV light, and there were about like other 50 people just sitting there, or maybe more, um, staring at this little tiny little box with the light flickering through and the sound. And at that time, it was like an Egyptian sub opera, and and I was I was like, wow, look at us just staring at this little box, but why we're not in that box? So it was just like kind of like um, a curiosity when I was three years old, really. And um, through moving from one place to another, try to find a a better place or a safer place. Um, me and my family moved to Egypt, and then that box now is a little bit colorful, but we've got it in our living room and it's very very close. We can touch it. But again, I still wanted to kind of like find that. And then when I came to Australia, um, again, it was a little bit difficult trying to figure it out. And then um, when I was in year 10, I went to like a work experience and I was fixing TV. <laughs> and, um, and then I found out people don't go um, on TVs like that. So uh, I, uh, I found like theater and songwriting. And then from then on, it's just kind of my world just kind of opened up a little bit um, to photography and then to making music videos, to mini documentaries, to TV shows, to now trying to kind of um, not establish but 
share my creativity journey with the next generation, start them finding how people get that inside the TV like 27 years later. You said that you wanted, like, you think about the youth and you think about the next generation. What's the um, investment? Why are you invested in the next generation? Yeah, because they are the future um, for our community. And also they're going to be the asset for this country if they're not going to go back anytime soon. So for them to be equipped uh, with all of the knowledge, um, all of the principles of filmmaking or photography or art in general, it will allow them to do everything um, in, the, in the right way. And I had to learn in, in, like in the most hardest way. And it, nobody was there for me to kind of direct me into the right um, at the right places that I, I needed to go. But, you know, but me having the patience um, and and also to be able to kind of look things from different perspectives and work it out by myself. Um, so not a lot of people have that. Um, uh, not a lot of people have that. Mm. So if I do, it's best to kind of like pass it to the next generation which is really, really awesome. I've got like a few people in, you know, my in, in my wings at the moment that I kind of like see the passion and the drive, and and also me men- mentoring them and seeing them grow and taking that passion or, or that creativity further. Um, to me, it's just um, it's rewarding, mm. and also knowing that I'm, I'm, <laughs> when I leave this earth or when I move into another sector or another position in life or or, or or something, I would know that this there's a person that is going to pick up that tool and try to um, educate the next generation. That's very powerful. It's also such a selfless act as well because sometimes when we make it, it's so easy for us to be like, it's just me and my immediate family. That's who I'm looking after that's who I care about. But what you're saying is just because you've made it doesn't mean you're forgetting about everyone else. You're bringing everyone else with you. Yeah, definitely. And think about it, right? So if I'm writing a story, who, who will I bring? You know, uh, I'll, I'll bring the people who the story belongs to. Um, I cannot write a story about, uh, what is it, about an, an Australian man who's been here for like, I don't know, 60 years. I don't know the person, but I know my community really, really well. I believe like we deserve like screen time for us to see our issues displayed um, safely and for people to kind of watch it and kind of talk about it and discuss what needed to be fixed. So um, just to see ourselves reflected on the screen, uh, it's, a, it's a very powerful thing. Mm. So so for me, it's... Um, it's if I'm doing a story, the people have to be part of it as well. They have to be part of the journey. They have to be part of the actual story. Um, instead of me, like, making up uh, some kind of, like, stories that it's not going to make sense to the community that belongs to. So uh, it, it doesn't just come with... It doesn't come with with just creativity. It comes with a, a lot of great responsibility as well. Mm. Because... If you write a character that it doesn't resonate with the community, 
no one is going to sit there and watch it. Everybody will ask questions. And, 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 and to go into depth and, um, in depth and also in detail, try to learn about the culture, learn about the food or clothing. Um, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of responsibility comes with it as well. So um, I'm not saying I'm the best or I have a lot of tools and that, but uh, I, I, I feel like I've got like the capacity, and I feel like um, I, I'm, I'm ready to tell my people the story and whatever they might be in the world. All right, so let's pause this conversation here. Don't worry though, because we'll be back after this community announcement. More than 70 innocent refugees are still being indefinitely detained in detention centres and secure hotels around Australia. Over recent months, many fellow detainees have been released onto bridging visas. Those remaining are desperate to know why they are still held. It is indefinite, it is cruel, and it is unlawful. Every day, a group of supporters protest this brutality outside the Park Hotel at 701 Swanson Street, Melbourne, where 11 men remain trapped and whose hopes are fading and whose mental health is declining. The aim of the protests is to raise awareness of the situation for the general public, but also to show support and solidarity to the men inside. It is also for the approximately 200 refugees still held offshore. Please come along any weeknight at 6pm or weekend at 3pm. And welcome back. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR program produced in Nam and played on Radio Skid Row Tuesdays at 3.30pm. I'm Ayan Shirwa. So before the break, we were chatting to filmmaker and writer Ezdeng about what drew him to film and why he's invested in the next generation. Let's go back to the conversation to learn more about Ez as well as his new exhibition, 40 Days. And the community that you make these films for, what have they said? What's been the response? Uh, let me start with this. So, I work in a different fields, yeah, like the community sector and then uh, in the industry and then in music videos. So it's kind of like different response. So so if I uh, a video for for the community, the response is, what is it for us? Is it educational video? Uh, and if it is educational video, they're like, wow, this is amazing. And we're learning from seeing our stories being displayed. So we kind of shifted shift people's mentality and also it created a lot of discussion and, and a lot of like kind of like people they go into like seminar when they screen the film when well, when we used to have seminar or 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 festivals or even just like an event and when they see the film they say that um, those are the kind of uh, stories that are happening underneath, and no one is actually talking about it or even like seeing it. But for it to be displayed, um, people do. And you're right about your work might be focused on one community, but it's also relatable to a lot of communities, especially emerging communities, right? So I guess that's what attracts a lot of people who aren't just from like the South Sudanese community to the work that you do because we can see ourselves. Yeah, the language is different and, you know, we come from different parts of Africa, but there's a lot of resonance and I do appreciate you doing that work. And I hope you're looking after yourself because 
the topics that you cover are very heavy and um, and we do appreciate what you're doing, but I hope you're also, um, yeah, taking it easy on yourself because I'm sure it takes a toll covering topics like police violence. <laughs> it's funny how you say that. Um, uh, there's one time uh, one of my film, Road Dog, uh, yeah, it was just about uh, police brutality and also mistaking identity with the young African kids, uh, specifically the South Sudanese. And um, yeah, after watching the film, the person said to me, "Oh man, who gave you the power to do this?" <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, nobody is giving me any power. You know, it's just I've got the power in me. And mm. what, what are you talking about? And he's like, <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't have police acting like that." I'm like, "Well, it's done, and this is my way." of displaying what's happening really. And if you look into the white films, especially the Australian ones, with our brothers who are, you know, trying to make their way, especially the actors, what happens, you just see them in the background, probably you see their arm only. Like, you don't see them actually, they've been displayed properly. It's just a color or number just in the background. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm trying to change change that and have like a, um, a different narrative that we've got the power to work together as African Australian um, to be able to create our own stories, our own narratives, and we own that, and we have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. Until then, um, I'm not going to stop. And, and, and there's no way I can just kind of, like say, take it easy when everybody else is telling stories about us and they're not taking it easy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it sounds like to me, because self-care is important, and what I'm hearing, and I could be wrong, is, is that you get a lot of joy from putting the work out there when people like myself watch your films and take away something or are inspired by it or feel like their issue is finally um, reflected on the wide screen. There is some yeah. sort of therapeutic experience that you get knowing that people are engaging with your work that is also a form of care yeah 100 percent um and and also just i enjoy just being around people who are believing in creative vision mm-hmm. and believing in changing the community narrative as well mm-hmm. so together while we're creating we heal each other we share our stories we talk about some things you know, I mean, that we feel, you know, it's in the story. And sometimes, you know, some personal stuff kind of come out. And that's the healing itself. Uh, and also it's self-care when it's very stressful at the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean things, you know, it doesn't mean when, when things are easier, then everything is good. But sometimes you just have to, like, take the hard words you to heal properly mm. you know and, and that's what I'm doing through my creativity and um, and every project is different you know I mean there's some projects that I really really enjoy um, all the way to the end and then some projects uh, sometimes I just feel like I want to give up because I'll be tired it's very frustrating and I'm like yep I'm dealing with uh, I'm dealing with these issues I'm actually writing about it and I'm actually making it at the same time so it, it, it it hurts me double. Uh, first of all, just to have it as experience, 
and also it's written. Now you have to make it, not only that, it's when you sit in the editing suite as well, try to bring it all together. Mm. Um, it's very daunting, but at the same time, when I see the final results and I'm like, wow, this is going out to the people and we all going to experience it together at the same time with one voice, uh, one vision, and then everybody can just take away whatever they want to take away from the, uh, from whatever project that I'm creating. And that's the beauty of it is when one message goes out instead of like one message going out multiple ways. Mm. Oh, God, you're giving me goosebumps. I need you to stop, as That's so wonderful. <laughs> it's also, like you said, it's very daunting, um, but sometimes... For people like us who are first generation, it's a responsibility. Sometimes I feel like we didn't choose, but we're taking mm. on and we're doing the best that we can. Another joyful project, that's the way I see it, is your 40 Days Exhibition. Tell us about yeah, this mm-hmm. wonderful project. It was 2004 when I went back to uh, South Sudan in Africa. 2004 or 15, uh, for the first time. And then when I went there, uh, I was, first of all, I had like a culture shock. I've never been there since I was a little kid. Um, and also, um, yeah, I had a culture shock. I was intrigued <laughs> seeing so many black people in one place. You know what I mean? <laughs> and everybody is walking around with their heads up. Everybody's wearing colorful clothes, music, cars all over the place. So for me... It was, it was, it was, it was unreal. Um, so after one week, I'm like, oh, I think I'm just gonna start taking photographs because I was there for 40 days. So through that, I started just taking photographs, and and I said to myself, oh, um, uh, what I'm gonna do with these photographs is I'm gonna take it to Australia, call it 40 days for me. It's a healing, me knowing. Um, uh, sorry, let me, let, me, let me take it back. So it's, it's a healing for me. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, it would be a way for me to connect the young people who are living in Australia who never been to Southern Sudan before, who lost their cultural identity, lost their sense of belonging. But through those photographs, they get to see themselves and, and hopefully they will connect and that was the wise and super talented filmmaker as Dang. His exhibition 40 Days is on right now at the Sunshine Art Spaces Gallery and ends on 26th of June, which is in a couple of days. To find out what other projects Ez has lined up, visit his website at www.ezeldindeng.com. So I'm going to repeat that one more time. That is E-Z-E-L-D-I-N. D-E-N-G.com. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Diaspora Blues. Thanks again to Ez Deng. Go check out his exhibition, 40 Days at Sunshine Art Spaces Gallery. It closes 26th of June, so visit as soon as you can. Hit us up on Instagram at 3cr.diasporablues. We finish our show with a message from former 3CR programmer and my lovely, lovely friend, Arij Noor, regarding Radio Thorn, followed by local artist Puki with her track, Pushing Through the Rain. I'm Ian Shirwa and I will see you next week. 3CR has always been the voice of the people. I am 
remember when I was putting together a chapter for the 3CR 40th anniversary book and I was, you know, reading through all of the amazing archives, listening to amazing interviews, chatting with others who were writing chapters and not that I needed any more convincing but it was such a an amazing realisation that an organisation like 3CR could exist, like that it was possible to not just be, you know, a representative of a community but to actually literally be a community. Um, 3CR is unapologetic, it is fearless and it's made up of really some of the best people in this state. Like I think that Melbourne, there are so many amazing community-run organisations and there's amazing community broadcasters and community radio stations. Um, But I really think that 3CR does something that's different and does something that's really special. Um, And it is independent, it is educational, it is, like I said, fearless, unapologetic, and it really does, you know, in in organisation form, demonstrate how people-powered movements can and should be sustained. And I feel really proud to have anything to do with this amazing station. As for Diaspora Blues, um, when I think about Diaspora Blues, what really comes to mind is how difficult it can be to find out and learn who we are in Australia. And I would speak for myself um, as someone who's African and who, you know, was born and raised in Australia. And Diaspora Blues has the audacity to remind us that we are entitled to being part of the decision-making of who we are here in Australia. It's not defined by us. Um, Diaspora Blues is consistent and it is really the voice of so many of us in the diaspora and To be honest, donating to Diaspora Blues is donating to keeping nuanced and thoughtful and, like, most importantly, real voices on our airwaves. I really think that this program, you know, really protected and looked after by Ayan, who to me is, you know, one of the most vital community broadcasters or broadcasters full stop in the country, is such an incredible example of what we can do as people of the diaspora, as younger people often of the diaspora, to make decisions about who we are. And um, I really think that Diaspora Blues beautifully encapsulates what 3CR is and does. And I really hope that you donate right now to keep radical independent voices on the air. Happy Radiothon!
try to shake it out. I try to break it out. I try to figure it out. But still, I haven't made it out. I've been thinking of a way either you can hold me. Make me feel a little loving. Console me. My baby sweet like a muffin. That's when you pop my button. Kiss it with a motherfucking passion. Gotta give it all to me, baby. No rations. Think about the way you like to grab you a handful. You don't wanna bite it if it's something you can handle. The realest one I know. Know to put it down for show. Oh, my honey, honey bee. Bit of bittersweet memory. Pushing through the rain when it seemed to be storming. Pushing through the rain even when the clouds are black. Now that I don't see your face in the morning, I'm pushing through the rain. Pushing through the rain when it seemed to be storming. Pushing through the rain. To the pain, nothing on my heart but a stain. Boy, you sweet like bitter sugar cane. Oh my honey, honey bee, why, why can't you see? Because of you, you to rain on me. Kiss it with a motherfucking passion. My baby never do it for the fashion. Only wanna give satisfaction. Damn right I reminisce, reminisce on that bliss, that bliss. Uh, reminisce, reminisce. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.